welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. Check out their website or their Facebook or Instagram to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're whipping up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are this week's top stories. An executive committee discussion became heated last Thursday when Majority Leader Alan Sorensen and Minority Leader Ira Steingart's participation as members of the yet-to-meet bed tax committee was challenged by some of their peers. Legislators questioned Sorensen for being the Orange County Planning Commissioner and Steingart for his connection to the Sullivan Catskills Visitors Association. The end result was Sorensen choosing to recuse himself from the committee while Steingart refused to step down. The Bed Tax Committee, which consists of members of the Legislature's Steering Committee, Chairman Rob Doherty, Vice Chair Michael Brooks, Sorensen and Steingart's Majority and Minority Leaders, and District 2 Legislator Nadia Reich because of her familiarity with communities along the Delaware River, are in charge of determining the next steps for the county's new Tourism Sector Enhancement Grant Program. The Bed Tax Committee is so named because the grant program's funds come from lodging room tax revenues, which have significantly increased in recent years. Doherty said Steingart had approached him about Sorensen being disqualified from the committee because of a conflict of interest. Steingart said, quote, being the commissioner of planning in Orange County and we're deciding where the money is going before it's public, there's a possible conflict between his position and being on the committee determining where the funding is going. Do you have an exact conflict or as an employee there is a conflict, asked Doherty. As a commissioner and his duties there, I believe there is a conflict, Steingart clarified. Reich, who was complimentary of Sorensen and said it was not personal, noted that she agreed with Steingart's assessment. Sorensen, in response, described his duties as Orange County Planning Commissioner, including handling project reviews, sitting on the Orange County Agriculture and Farmland Protection Board, serving as Metropolitan Planning Organization Director for the Orange County Transportation Council, the funding for which Sullivan County is not eligible, and managing Orange County's environmental long-range planning grants and transit units. I put all this out there because I will defer to counsel if they see a potential conflict, said Sorensen, and I will take their advice. Doherty said he couldn't see where there was a conflict according to the county's code of ethics. If we want to change the rules, that is something totally different, Doherty added, but under the current rule, there is no benefit to Allen or a member of his family from recommendations made to the committee to distribute the bed tax. Steingart said he wasn't going to debate the matter, but if Steingart stayed on, he was going to reach out to the state for their opinion. Deputy County Attorney Tom Colley, who serves as the legislature's parliamentarian, stated that the ethics law is a county-local law, and he highly doubted any state agency would put their two cents in on interpreting the county's own local law. He reminded legislators that there is a county ethics board, and if Steingart believes there is to be a conflict, the proper mechanism is to present the matter to them in accordance with the county's code of ethics. Sorensen said he didn't see a conflict, but wanted to avoid even the appearance of one. So with that, I choose not to serve on this bed tax committee, Sorensen said. The reason I advocated for the bed tax to be set aside so that we can do tourism infrastructure improvements throughout the county is to enhance the attractiveness and viability of ecotourism in Sullivan County. I think that is a very good use of the funding and will serve the county in the years ahead. Sorensen used the rail trails as an example and said he felt the committee will make wise decisions regarding where the funding would be used. He added that he didn't want his possible involvement in the bed tax committee to, quote, create a stain on the use of the funds. The discussion, however, remained on the topic of even an appearance of conflict when Doherty shifted the focus to Steingart, who is chair of the legislature's planning community development, real property, capital planning, and budgeting committee, sits on the SCVA board. 
in this capacity, Steingart is an ex officio non-voting member. As a legislator, you sat here as a member of the SCVA board and said that they deserve more money, said Doherty. Is that correct? You sit on two boards and you want one board to give more money to another board. Is that correct? That is correct, answered Steingart to both questions. You have disclosed in the past that your sister's company does or has done business with the SCVA, continued Doherty. Is that correct? Steingart said yes, adding that, quote, I have no ownership there. Is your sister's company the same address as Steingart Printing, asked Doherty. Does she have an interest in Steingart Printing? Do you use the same workers? Steingart once again answered yes to those three questions. You're letting one of your partners compete against your company, Doherty asked. Steingart then responded, you know something? Keep on going. I'm not answering your questions. Doherty responded by saying, quote, I already know the answer because I have the July 2020 SCVA report. Steingart retorted, when you brought ethics charges against me where you stacked people and gave one of those people a job for $60,000, you want to go there? I did not have a vote on that, said Doherty. You mean to say you had no influence on that, Steingart said. I had no influence, responded Doherty. Were you found guilty of ethics charges? I know who I am, and I know who you are, said Steingart, and I'll leave it at that. Doherty concluded by saying, I personally think you should recuse yourself from the bed tax committee. Are you going to? No, replied Steingart, who added that he'd instead step down from the SCVA board if in fact he is a voting member. But he's not. Doherty said if Steingart were to step down from the SCVA board, then he'd have to resign as planning committee chair as well. The two continued to go back and forth until their peers encouraged them to move on. Doherty felt the legislature should take a vote on the matter, but County Attorney Michael McGuire said the arbiter of whether or not there is a conflict is the ethics board, and the individual who is confronted with the potential conflict has the autonomy, as Sorensen exercised, to recognize the conflict and ask to be recused or recuse themselves from whatever that conduct is. He added that any of the nine legislators, if they felt that someone acted did not act appropriately in recusing themselves, could ask for an opinion from the ethics board, and then that opinion would be binding on all nine legislators. Vice Chair Brooks said he believed the best place for such a debate was the ethics board. Steingart concluded by pointing out that Doherty, as legislative chairman, appointed him to the planning committee. You knew what my business relationships were, so you put me there. Let's be public about that. You can resign from that position any day you want, said Doherty. I'm not resigning, said Steingart. Doherty responded that they would then take the matter to the ethics board. Oh yeah? Well, who's going to do it? Asked District 7 Legislator Joe Perillo. I'll do it, said Doherty. I did it before, and I'll do it again. Shifting gears, the village of Woodridge is growing. In order to accommodate their needs, they applied for and received a USDA Rural Development Grant to assist with the update and expansion of the village water plant. According to Mayor Joan Collins, the village has been awarded a grant of four million four hundred and thirty six thousand five hundred dollars plus a low interest loan in the amount of two million nine hundred and sixty three thousand dollars she added that those funds will go a long way to upgrade and increase the capacity of the current system the village presently has a water storage tank that holds three hundred thousand gallons and they plan to construct another water storage tank with the capacity of five hundred and eighty five thousand Collins noted that she was thrilled with the financial assistance the village was receiving from the USDA and said, quote, Woodridge is growing and these funds will go a long way to help improve and expand the water system to accommodate the growth. Shifting over to some school news, after nearly an entire year of meetings and a comprehensive study, the communities in both Livingston, Manor, and Roscoe made their voices heard on Wednesday, voting against 
the potential merger. In Livingston Manor, the proposal was voted down 213 to 197, while in Roscoe, the vote was 193 to 155. Voters in each district would have had to pass the advisory vote on Wednesday to reach the binding referendum in December. But since each district voted against it, the process that has been 10 months in the making has ended. In a media release documenting Wednesday's vote, shared superintendent of schools John Evans said, quote, We have learned a lot through this process, and we hope this will show us a new way for our two districts to continue working together. Though the vote was rejected, the districts have one year to revisit the question of a merger if they so choose. After that, a new study would be needed if the districts wished to merge. Now over in the town of Neversink, for over a year, residents of the town and surrounding communities have discussed a proposal for a large resort development known as Carryland. As previously reported in the Democrat, the proposed project would occupy part of a 3,000-acre property owned by businessman and developer Jonathan Liedersdorf. At their regular meeting in August, Neversink Town Board members determined that the Carrylands project was not consistent with the town's master plan. At their most recent meeting on October 12th, Town Board members unanimously agreed not to alter the existing master plan to accommodate projects such as Carrylands. We took very careful consideration over a long time of what was going on, said Town Supervisor Chris Matthews. We wanted to really give both sides a fair shot. The developer owns a piece of property. He certainly has rights to do things on his property. We believe in that totally. We also realized early on that his vision, which I think was incredible, did not fit within our comprehensive master plan. Matthew said it was a long process and if anyone was going to make such an ambitious project successful, it was going to be Liedersdorf. In the end, the real question was whether we were going to change our zoning. And we all decided not to for many, many reasons, said Matthews. Mostly we believe that keeping our zoning the way it is is the best way to protect our towns. Matthews added that he was really excited about the economic development component of the proposed project, but the current zoning quote has worked very well for us and we didn't want to change that. The Democrat reached out to Liedersdorf but did not receive a response by press time. Carrie Lance was subject of a well-attended gathering at the Claryville Fire Hall back in July. Developers and supporters of the project pointed to the potential economic developments of constructing a high-end resort for both Neversink and Sullivan County as a whole. Opponents expressed reservations about potential environmental impacts and changes to the area's rural character. The concerned citizens of Neversink welcomed the Neversink Town Board's wise and thoughtful decision not to change the town's master plan to accommodate the Carrylands Resort Development proposal, said resident David Brittenham. The master plan has guided planning and development in the town for over 30 years, and its basic policies continue to ring true today as the fundamental vision for the town's future. Earlier this month, Carrylands Incorporated submitted an application to the Neversink Planning Board to subdivide a portion of the property into 45 lots. In addition to the stories just mentioned, we also have front page articles on the New York 19 congressional race as early voting starts tomorrow and some of the impact new gun laws have had locally. That does it for today's podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. We'll catch up with you again next week with more local news. <music>